We're going for a bit of a bit of trialing on our engineering here, but hopefully you'll be able to hear V. V, can you talk to me? Hi, Richard. Oh, there you go. I can hear you. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Fantastic. Hopefully they can hear us out on the side as well. So, uh, so yeah, we're just trying to work out if it works, and I think it does, which is really, really nice. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I always like it when the sun's out. Put oh, a massive smile on my face. Uh, we've got cloud over here in Bath today. Have you? We have. Oh, well, keep it, keep it there. Keep the clouds there, Richard. <laughs> oh, we've got a bit of Zoom breakup, but that's okay. We'll sort that out afterwards. So, uh, so yeah, welcome along, V. It's lovely to have you on the show here today. Uh, so, first of all, can you just tell us a bit about you, where you're from, and what you do? So, <clears throat> my company is called Navigate Business Recovery. It's five and a half years old. We do everything around insolvency. Uh, insolvency is such a minefield not a lot of people understand what it is it underneath the word insolvency sits various services that we provide so anything to do with sort of um, companies that are struggling financially giving them a decent closure restructuring them making them better and bigger Um, and for individuals bankruptcy work so we do a lot of individual personal insolvency work as well so significant financial difficulties when individuals get into credit card debts, uh, bankruptcy issues. We do all of the work around advising them before they go bankrupt and after bankruptcy as well. That sounds like fun in some ways, but I'm guessing people are coming to you when they're in trouble mainly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes too late, you know, I wish people took advice a lot sooner uh, because (laughs) the circumstances become um, slightly untenable. Yeah. In certain, in certain given situations. So I sometimes, you know, wish, um, most times wish that, you know, if they'd taken advice six months, maybe even a year earlier in a lot of cases, Richard, they'd be a, little, a bit more knowledgeable about what the options are. And then they can, they've got time to decide what is the best option for them. Well, a bit later on, I definitely want to hear some different options and how people can help themselves. Um, just very quickly, obviously, we're kind of post-pandemic now. I run a, I run a business myself, and I know that we reopened. I run a dance business, so we were very heavily affected by it. And we reopened in July 2021, I suppose it was. We're in 2023 now, aren't we? And uh, I'd say yeah. even now, we are still getting people back for the first time. And it's still not quite back to pre-pandemic sort of, sort of days. So how did, how did COVID affect everything then? Oh, so COVID affected, um, from my perspective and the directors and business owners and individuals that we were seeing um, before Brexit. So if you remember, there was a whole domino event. You had Brexit, which really affected businesses in a way because import and export uh, was affected. So businesses were struggling financially. And after that, we had lockdown. But then in the midst of all that, you've got the Ukraine crisis, you've got the energy crisis. There's a whole list of domino effect on businesses it's been one after the other don't forget the queen dying as well well yeah (laughs) she i know she affected my business for a few weeks as well oh there you go yes and you know that's a that's a conversation i could talk for a couple of hours about because you know some businesses boomed on the day that and pre her death and post her death but that's another couple of hours you know a glass of wine in a pub somewhere you know um but yeah so covid actually had um, if I was to list sort of a handful of businesses that it, it significantly affected, I'd say entertainment, hospitality. When I mean by entertainment, I mean the wedding planners, the pubs, 
the hotels you know we weren't allowed to go anywhere we were literally remember the first lockdown oh i remember we stuck, it well we were stuck stuck indoors i mean london turned into ghost town most areas turned into lockdown so it affected businesses significantly from a point of view of no income you know it was like a a line a stop line there was no income coming in for i'd say i, I don't like to quote numbers and give statistics but there was a significant number of businesses that were affected and then we were all told oh you can go go out and play again and then things started to pick up so people were suffering from a financial point of view cash flow crisis living crisis because if the directors were running their businesses and they weren't able to trade money wasn't coming in it was then a domino effect of not being able to pay your mortgages pay your bills i can list 10 different things that it was affected you know and it goes on doesn't it so so yeah my business for instance on the 14th of march we uh, we had an event where there was 100 people all holding hands and swapping partners every three minutes it's a dance business before anybody thinks it's something slightly different just to let people know because that sounded slightly weird all of a sudden a partner dancing uh, and then on the 16th yeah. we were shut for a year um yeah, and, and i've been to one of your dance places in oxford i used yeah. to do Ciroc a lot long time ago you know so um I, I know, and that's a very touchy-feely business, isn't it? So, we are the extreme. Like yeah, for COVID, we were the extreme. Literally, you're with, within one metre of somebody, holding hands within, I'll, I'll use the phrase, spitting distance of somebody, and then swapping partners every three minutes. So, uh, so yeah, the opposite of what COVID was for yeah, everybody. But don't you think, I mean, I found that um, if you look back on, on the time, we all suffered significantly. There was a lot of... Um, mental breakdowns. Um, I remember t talking to my children um, who had friends that used to live in flats on the fourth or fifth floor. And, um, you know, Aaron and Tara would say, oh my God, like my friend Andy is on the fifth floor of a high rise flat and they've got no air. They, they can't go out and go for a walk. Whereas some of us were blessed with garden spaces sitting in the garden you know so there was the pros and cons but did it not make us more um resilient i found that we all turned into bigger and better people i, I think it varied person to person i know some people really really struggled with the isolation um i know i became a delivery driver for a year and uh, right. i actually felt you know actually okay because i was going out and about but i know my father who was one of the people that were shielding at the time he didn't leave his flat for three months and, no. uh, and he found that really, really tough, you know, and he'd like, he looked back on it, you think, oh, blimey. Um, he looked back and he went, I popped down to the local shop. I'm like, oh, dad, you can't do that. You know, what are yeah. you doing and that was for? that because of his immune system? Yeah, yeah. So he was one Fine. of the people that the class was being shielded. So, uh, but, but looking back, you know, he's had COVID now twice and he was perfectly fine on both occasions. But at that time, obviously there was no vaccinations or anything like that. So it was probably a wise choice at that stage. Um, so yeah, that and was- there were, there were so many people um that suffered because i don't know again you know without quoting numbers i don't know what the statistics are richard but the the mental the numbers of people suffering from men mental disability has increased I, I i would say and this is only my opinion probably 20 to 30 times forward you know where yeah. you might have had 10 people that had because we're so it's such a taboo subject isn't it talking about that it's getting better. That's all I'd say. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I did a lot in uh, mental health for a lot of people for dancers. And uh, certainly dancing makes you feel great. I mean, yesterday I had quite a tough day for a variety of different reasons. I went dancing. By the end of it, I'm floating on cloud nine and the world's OK again. Um, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. I, I wrote um, a blog about 
you and dancing and I love singing. I'm a not a very good singer, but I love singing. So like you, if I'm having a bad day, I put the music on full blast and I just rip my guts out. I just roar and my husband and my kids are like, Mom, stop, stop. But it makes me so happy. It okay. really makes me happy. So that lends me to the next question. It won't be lined up next, but what song would you like to rip roar to then if we could play it on the radio for you? Oh, don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Have a I'm going to have it. to say Adele. I'm going to okay. have to say it's going any, any one of her songs would be song. great. All right. We'll, we'll try and line that up for you in a minute. So we're going to have a quick break for music. Uh, when we come back, yeah. I'd love to hear some really good tips on how to avoid all the pitfalls of bankruptcy insolvency and all of that type of stuff. So we'll come back in a few minutes. Okay. To start off, though, we're going to listen to Mary J. Blige. You're listening to Richard Bobson here till two o'clock today. And this is a Radio Bath. This is Radio Bath. So there's Sister Sledge thinking of you. We're back to V again. Hello again, V. I did have a little watch of you bopping away to Adele. The music's cool, right, while you're playing. It's like my era, so... Ah, that's nice to hear. It is nice to hear. It is the 90s. It was where I grew up. So, yeah, loving it. We do try and play a variety of music on here, if I'm honest with you. So, uh, so yeah, it's always quite nice, isn't it? So, back yeah. to the conversation. I was watching, I was watching, I was looking at your website and uh, I saw a really good article about what make, can make a company go insolvent. So, what are your top three tips for making that not happen? Okay. So, um, first of all, when you start a company, it's really important that you have a business plan a lot of people they think oh i'm really passionate about i don't know um being an estate agent i'll go onto company's house think of a company's name register it at company's house and um i'll start the business what you need to do before you think about contemplating um a business idea is to have a business plan richard to say this is what my business name is going to be uh this is how much money I'm going to invest in it. Do I have a strategy? Do I have an accountant? Do I need any terms and conditions printed? Do I need solicitor? So there has to be a whole level of research that you need to carry out beforehand. Before you think, oh, actually, I'm going to be a really brilliant estate agent. Let me just start the company. There's a lot of due diligence that goes inside it. Secondly, the most important part of a business is always the numbers. It doesn't matter what anyone else tells you, but you've got to understand your numbers. There's no point in going to an accountant and saying, oh, can you be my accountant? You've got to give him your plan. You've got to say to him, um, this is my idea. You know, like in the way that you started your Chirot business, you didn't mm. just wake up one morning and say, I know what, I'm going to start, you know, start a dance school. <laughs> Not quite, you, no. You had, a, you had a vision, right? I did. Take over the world was my vision. There you go. It hasn't happened there you yet. Go. But, yeah. uh, no, my... and, and thirdly, thirdly, I always say to people, passion. Passion is so important because, again, no point in starting something that you're kind of like, it's a bit of a willy-nilly thing. I'll give it a go. If it doesn't work, you know, I'll start something else. Business is a, isn't about that kind. You know, I mean, I, li I live and breathe my business, literally. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that uh, that run businesses that do an enormous amount of work outside of the night. So as I said, I, I run a Ciroc franchise and I've had yeah. people turn up to me and say, 
all you have to do is turn up for the three hours on the night, teach, play some music and go home again. And uh, and I think I started at eight o'clock this morning and I'm going to finish at midnight tonight. I wonder what exactly. I did for the rest of that time. Um, and it's running the business. It takes a long exactly. time. So any anybody that's self-employed or running a business, you always have to take your hat off to them because it's a lot of hard work. Oh, and also, I don't think people realize uh, business owners are such they are hardworking people. But you don't realize that a call comes at like eight o'clock at night for me. We, we, we had advertised that our business is open from seven in the morning till 11 at night, only because my children are now all, um, older. I don't need to be around to do breakfast and school runs and, you know, make sure they're in bed properly. So like must, I say, when had... I turned 50, my life started at 50 because my kids had, in the nicest possible way, they'd gone, you know, and living their own independent lives. I was just about to say you must have had them very young, but that sounds terrible, but... No, no, I, I, I had them. Tara was born when I was 27, so that's a good age to have kids, in my opinion. And my son was born two years later, Aaron. Oh, yeah, so bless them. And they're 25 and 27 and 99.9% independent. So now I feel like I can live my life. I don't have to, if I'm going out in the evening to a networking event or doing a presentation, I don't have to kind of like WhatsApp in the group, the family group, and say I'll be home at 7 to do dinner or we'll eat at 7.30. It doesn't matter. It's just me and Frank now, you know? So I got into dancing by being a dancer and then learning how to dance and started teaching, et cetera, et cetera. How did you get into your line of work then? Oh, God, that's a that's it's a very serendipity moment. So um, I was actually looking for a law contract for two years for a law firm. And um, I really struggled. I was I come from Leicester and I moved from Leicester to London and I registered with an agency. I don't know if you remember. Am I allowed to mention names of agencies? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, right. It. So. I registered with an agency called Brook Street. And the girl said, do you know what, V? We've been bloody trying to get you a job for eight months and there's nothing out there for a lawyer's contract. This job, but this temporary job's come up for um, a firm in Kingsbury doing nine months of insolvency. It was somebody who's going on maternity leave and they're really desperate. They want somebody to start next week. And I thought, do you know what, Sodia? I'm just going to take it because I was, I was really wanting to move away from my parents, have my own place. Hmm and start my own life and be independent. So I went for the interview on a, I remember it clearly on a dark, windy, wet winter's night. I remember the guy that interviewed me and said, after 15 minutes, your CV stacks up. Uh, do you want the job to start on Monday? Oh. And I started never left 34 years. Here I am still doing insolvency. I forgot about the bloody law, the law <laughs> contract. And then I never actually had the time. I enjoyed and I enjoy still what I do so much, Richard, that I haven't ever looked back to think, should I be doing something else? Yeah. Well, that's really lovely to hear. I, I know everybody always says that for me, you know, I'm, I'm a dance teacher and therefore I never work a day in my life. Um, as I'm getting four hours of sleep a night, I, I'm not sure that's quite true. But I don't believe in that strap line. My son, Aaron, runs his own business. Um, it's called Out of the Box, and they do home delivery, food delivery, cooking. Mm. They cook the food and they deliver it all the way nationally around um, UK. And he, that's his strap line. Yeah. You know, you never work a day in your life if you love what you do. And I'm like, yeah, right. Okay, don't don't put that to me because I, I work most days. I work 10 hours a day, if yeah. not more. I was going to say, it's a, it's a seven-day-a-week job, most people's business. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And... The worry, you know, like um, when you start your own business, you need to know 
that if the business doesn't sort of kickstart itself for about a year to 18 months, that you have enough money to live on. Hmm. Because, you know, don't let anybody kid you that you're going to make some money to provide if you've got a family, wife and children, if you're independent, if you're a single person, it, it still matters, but not to the same degree. So if you've got a family, you need to know, okay, if my business, you know, is going to be up the creek without a paddle for 18 months, yeah. how, how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to pay the mortgage? So that's, you know, I, I, I say it time and time again, I broadcast this on LinkedIn, I'm on so many different social media platforms. And my first thing is business plan, finances, cash flow, strategy, 12 hours a day. If you can't, you know, put that into play, don't run a business, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, you're well, we're in Bath and we broadcast mainly to Wiltshire and Somerset and that sort of area online, of course, across the country. Uh, hence, we've got yourself on today. So how did people get in contact with you again? Just to remind us if they do want to get in contact with you for any help. So it's on, on, on the website, our um, strap line is we're the Samaritans for Businesses. Okay. So there's a WhatsApp link on the website. So literally you click that and it comes straight into my phone. If I can't deal with it, it would then go to either Abigail or Mittal or whoever it is that's going to be manning the phones that day. So it's as easy as that. And who doesn't love WhatsApp, hey? Oh, Everyone. absolutely. And what was the website again for me? It's um, www.navigatebr.com. Navigatebr.com, which sounds all very, very good. Now, in the next part, just after the hour time, we're going to start talking about how you can help individuals as well, because we've talked a lot about businesses. We're also going to talk about how you can help individuals too. So we'll be back after that in the next part. Now, earlier on, V mentioned Adele and about the fact that she used to sing along to Adele and roar at that. Oasis Don't Look Back in Anger is one that I used to do quite a lot of in my singing days many, many years ago now. Right, so we're back to V. V alive again, which is all good. So we've spoken about the fact that you help businesses quite a lot, but also about the fact that you can help individuals as well. Now, I've got two words for you that nobody seems to like. And to some people, I'd like you to explain a little bit more about it. So we've got IVAs and bankruptcy. Are both of them bad? Both of them good? How does it work? No, God, I think we need to normalise talking about money and financial difficulties, Richard, because there's such a taboo about it generally because people really struggle to talk about it they want to bury their head in the sands and think that they're the only people that are going through it but statistically there are so many people going through this it's more so since the pandemic so um what is it what is an iva abbreviated from an individual voluntary arrangement <clears throat> so an iva is a contract that you arrange with your creditors so I'm going to give you a very quick, brief example. So say if you've got yourself into £100,000 worth of debts and you've got 10 creditors that you owe money to. So you can come to an arrangement with those people through an insolvency practitioner, which is the, the, the contract that you sign with your creditors to say, I'm going to pay you so many pennies in the pound over the next five years. Now, those so many pennies in the pound are calculated by way of assessing the person that wants to do an IVA, their income and expenditure. And when they've got some surplus income left over, they put that into a pot of money for 60 months. 
And that money, Richard, is then distributed to all the creditors, i.e., in this case, the £100,000, as so many pennies in the pound. Okay. It's a really good way of dealing with your debt situation. Um, there are uh, various legalities. I haven't got time to go through all of the legalities, but it is it is a legal contract. Uh, there is one of the things, it came out of, with the Insolvency Act 1986 because pre the Insolvency Act 1986, you had no option but to go bankrupt. Right. IVAs didn't exist. So th- this is a new legislation that was introduced in 86. So um, there are pros and cons, and there are lots and lots of articles on our website about IVAs. Or if anyone wants to know more information, just give me a call. I'm happy. We're giving sort of an hour, a couple of hours on the telephone to explain what it is. Free of charge? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So before before the lockdown, uh, we were doing an hour's complimentary interview with people. In lockdown, we converted that. We said that we'll do it for two hours because some people just needed that extra time. And we've um, kept that going since lockdown because I don't think you can fully um, appreciate and understand what directors and business owners and individuals with significant financial difficulties actually go through. There's so much more than just an hour's discussion because the hour is just for them to tell me about it. The other hour is kind of like finding the options, solutions that would benefit them in their circumstances. Every case is dealt with on a case-by-case basis. Bankruptcy. Yeah. Again, you know, and please don't take this seriously, but bankruptcy, I guess in five years, bankruptcy is going to become quite fashionable. So in the, no, honestly, I mean, I've had, I've heard so many people um, come to me, referred to me, um, and they've been bankrupt twice. Some people have been bankrupt three times. And, you know, a couple of my clients have said to me, oh, I think it's quite fashionable, you know, being bankrupt. But there are those that do it time and time again because they know the system. There are those that do it because their personal financial circumstances are so exhausted that it's the last resort for them. So bankruptcy under the UK legislation is a way to write off all your debts, have a clean slate, and you don't ever have to pay back those debts ever again. Um, that several pros and cons on bankruptcy it stays on your credit file for six years, as IVAs do as well, because, you know, what um, the people that advise around the voluntary arrangements don't actually tell you it does affect your credit, does go on your credit file, it's there for six years. Uh, when you go and get higher purchase, it will come up that you've done a, a voluntary arrangement. I don't think they're sold in the way that they're meant to be sold. And am I right um, in thinking that, um, obviously, the worse your credit score, quite often the worse your interest rate is? So if you were going to get yeah. a credit card, if you had a great credit score, your interest rate, let's just use round figures, could be 10%. If you have a poor credit rating, it could be 20%. Exactly, exactly. And there are certain lenders that would only lend what we call in the industry to adverse credit scores. So if you've got an adverse credit file you're probably going to be at the top of the list for getting something that ordinarily you and I might get at 10%, somebody else will get at 18 or 20% because they have a bad credit score. And obviously they're more attractive to the lenders because they're going to get more money out of them. Exactly. So even though exactly. they're a worse It's all risk. about playing the system. Yeah. It is all about playing the system. But there are um, a significant number of pros and cons, both for voluntary arrangements and bankruptcy, Um I always say to people, think twice, think three times, think four times, go and speak to friends and family before you make the decision, because don't just jump in and say, do you know what, I've got, I've got, I've had a conversation with V, she's been really lovely, you know, um, I've had two or three hours, complimentary, I've been very helpful, 
despite all of that, go and speak to your husband, your friends, your family, your parents before you jump off the cliff, you know, make sure there's um, something at the bottom to protect you, you know. So let me get this right. So bankruptcy is for individuals and I'm guessing sole traders and partnerships in businesses. Insolvency is more for limited companies. Is that the right way around? Exactly. Yeah. Insolvency, again, when I was saying earlier that insolvency has under it, you've got various options. You've got um, administrations, you've got compulsory liquidation, you've got creditors voluntary liquidation, you've got what we call members voluntary liquidation, which are solvent liquidations where directors have been trading their companies for 25, 30 years. They've inherited, they've grown the business to such a significant level that there's a lot of money in the business and they don't want to for taxable benefits, they would normally do a solvent liquidation. So under the insolvency for directors, there are five or six different options okay. as well. There's restructuring, there's turnaround. It, we're, we're, we always come from the angle of restructuring, turnaround. It's not all about giving the company a closure. And I suppose the great it's thing from... trying to resurrect it and make it bigger and better. Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's not a problem. And I suppose the great thing from your perspective is that you're there to help people which uh, if anybody is in trouble, I know, you know, over the many, many years I've been running businesses, sometimes you have those sleepless nights and you wonder if all is going to go well. And uh, speaking to somebody like yourself could definitely help relieve those sleepless nights, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying to you when we were talking on WhatsApp earlier about this show, you know, and what time we're going to log in. And um, we are giving a lot of advice to directors of limited companies around the bounce back loans and the coronavirus Mm. business interruption loans and directors who are starting and have done already in some cases struck their companies off and dissolved their companies at companies house right Uh, so we're doing a lot of due diligence and investigations around the bounce back loans and this coronavirus loans and you know if i was to give three tips to any director any business owner that's listening out there richard honestly it would save them an insurmountable amount of sleep at night. So, you know, if there's three things you can do around your bounce back loans and your coronavirus business interruption mm. loans, go back and edit and annotate your bank statements, review your bank statements and make sure you know how you've spent the money that you borrowed because the bounce back loans are up to a maximum of £50,000. Okay. If you don't know how you spent the money, when you decide, oh, I need to close the business down or I want to liquidate it, and you dump your case onto an insolvency practitioner, if he's then going to ask you and say, Richard, you've taken out £50,000 worth of bounce back loan, how did you spend that money? And you kind of raise your eyebrows and say, oh, I'll ha- let me get back to you in two days. I want you as the business owner to be really switched on to say, well, I spent £13,500 on X, I spent £28,000, I invested it back into the business to pay salaries, Yada, 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 you know. So I always say, if you can't explain, don't expect anybody else to explain your business circumstances to somebody else. And obviously the holiday to the Maldives wasn't part of the bounce back loan at all. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, sort of um, I've had cases where directors have put money into cryptocurrency and lost it but and, you know, paid off their husband's um, higher purchase, um, higher purchase agreement on their personal motor vehicle. I've had people put, you know, sort of, you know, every year you can pay a little bit extra on your mortgage. Yeah. So I've had people paying it off, you know, and I'm not, it's for me, it's not about judging people. It's about what what were their circumstances at the time 
that they carried out those transactions. Yeah, no, that makes a lot you of know. sense. So yeah, my strap line, my strap line, yeah. I always repeat this. I probably say this a dozen times a day. Where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's V, there's always a, a way. So we find... I thought and, you were going to swear, I, I saw you smirking there, but <laughs> it sounds a little bit corny, but that is my strap line, honestly. No, it sounds, it sounds amazing. So, uh, so yeah, what I've loved about you today, V, is that... Um, is that you're a real human being and after the next couple of tracks we're going to find out what type of human being you are as well so uh, we found out about businesses liquidation all about bankruptcy and we've got the most important thing and that is who you are in these really critical questions about yourself which we're going to find out about after the next couple of tracks okay so okay, make sure you make sure you ask me about sparkly things and magic dust okay sparkly things and magic dust okay that'll be one of the questions yeah. too right you're listening right. to Richard Branson right. here until two o'clock today here's george michael and faith there's niall horon horon if i can say it right and nice to meet you Right, we're back with V for the last time then, okay? So this is our quickfire round. So this segment of the show is called A Story to Tell. So each of my guests, they all have a story to tell. And uh, at the very end, I'm going to ask them the same questions each time. So we're looking for short answers here, V. That's the plan. Okay, so... Don't leave it on me, Richard. (laughs) I'm getting nervous. I don't often get nervous, but I'm getting nervous. You don't know what these questions... You don't know what these questions are, so... No, no, and that's what worries me. (laughs) You'll be all right. These are highbrow questions, I promise you that. Okay, Okay, go, go. Are you ready? So, if you're going out, your outfit, is it classic or sparkly? Sparkly. Sparkly, very good. What's your favourite ice cream? Haagen-Dazs, chop, chop, chip. Choc Choc Chip. That's a good mm. one. I don't even know Choc Choc Chip exists. Is that chocolate chips in chocolate ice cream? Yeah. Wow. And it's okay. got big, chunky chocolate chips inside it. It is deliriously scrumptious. It's really hard to say chocolate chips, isn't it, without kind of pronouncing it over the top? It's Choc Choc. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Well, I, I think I know the answer to this because I can see into your kitchen here. Okay, so V's on Zoom today, by the way. And that is, are you clean or messy? Clean. I have OCD. Do you? Okay. Yeah, definitely. I am so bad. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just a different way. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, very OCD. <laughs> you look very clean. That sounds weird. Let's move on. Uh, love or hate roller coasters? Love. Yeah. Favorite roller coaster? Uh, oh. God. Um, it has to be Great Yarmouth. Great Yarmouth? Mm. I didn't even know that. Have you been on the roller coaster in Great Yarmouth? I haven't. I'm going there next weekend, actually, for a, teacher, oh, for a dance weekend. Well, go twice, because okay. the first time you kind of miss the rush of adrenaline, the second time you come out dying of adrenaline. Right. Okay. I'm not sure it'll be open this time of year, actually, but uh, I would definitely No, it won't be there. true. Yeah. So, excluding social media, so no LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, what's the phone app you use the most? Uh, WhatsApp. No, excluding WhatsApp. So excluding any oh, social okay. media What's, or anything oh, like that. Oh, so Spotify. Spotify. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Favorite game yeah. on your phone? Are you a gaming person on your phone? Sudoku. Yeah. Sudoku. Yeah. So, ah, very good indeed. Coffee or tea? Tea all the way. Any sugar? Two, Two. in my morning cup. Okay. But other than that, sugarless. I'm sweet enough. Oh. Some say, some say. Uh, favourite <laughs> current TV programme or favourite TV programme? Oh, my God. I don't really watch a lot of TV, but my daughter, Tara and Erin, 
my son has been telling me to watch Happy Valley, which I've oh. just started. Okay. Was well, in the season one you've just started on? I've just, well, I've just watched the first episode, which was two days ago. Okay. Wow. Okay. So it's just finished last Sunday. Uh, we, oh, problems. Right. So, um, so, yeah, I think there's three seasons of it or series of it. We're in the UK. Um, and it is amazing. Um, what I would say is that we actually call it in our household Unhappy Valley. Right. So, yeah, it's not the most cheery of programs you're ever going to watch, but it is brilliant. So, but it's uh, like it's like the um, what is it? Uh, Line of Duty, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, very similar. Yeah, yeah. Very so I, similar. I, I loved Line of Duty. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Yeah. So and, my daughter Tara and Erin both said, "Mum, if you like that, watch this." So yeah. I'm now watching it. Unhappy Valley is absolutely a fantastic program, and uh, and this is your last question for today. So it's a slightly weird one, but prepare yourself. So if you came back in your next life as an animal, which one would it be, and why? Oh, crumbs. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Come on. Oh, my God. Um, Which animal? Um, I'm going to pressure you. I don't know. Abigail, what animal would I come back as in my next life? Abigail's a really weird animal. The robin. The robin. The robin. Yes. Okay. Yes. Why? Red, little red robin. Because um, I, I guess it has um, some likes. I'm a big believer in like i have a lot of faith in god and things so the robin is like my mum checking up on me every every bloody day in my garden so yes a robin oh that's very very sweet yeah and it's very pretty as well it is very pretty we have a robin in our back garden quite regularly and uh, we just sit yeah we have one trotting around all the time can't get rid of it you know but (laughs) i've now come to learn to love love it and you know when i see it i'm like oh hello Hello, Mum. Oh, brilliant. Well, V, thank you so much for coming on today. Can you just remind everybody, if they want to get in contact, how they're going to get in contact with you? So um, the best way to contact me is through my website. It's Navigate. The company's called Navigate Business Recovery. The URL, the website address is www.navigatebr.com. Easiest response rate would be through WhatsApp from the website and literally a couple of hours and you'll get an answer. Oh, that's amazing. Well, V, thank you so much for your time today and for the education. I've learned quite a lot myself, so uh, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you ever so much. Today. This is Radio Bath.